0: Welcome to Account Trends, everybody. I'm Jason Stein with Intuit Accountants. My co-host, David Bernstein, and I are excited to be with you every couple of weeks to share the latest news, interesting perspectives, and hottest trends in the tax accounting world. We'll have special guests on the show to help break these trends down and give you food for thought as you find new ways to deliver for your clients. But most importantly, we plan on having some fun while doing it. Welcome. Welcome back to Account Trans, everybody. Your host here, Jason Stein, and with me as always, Mr. Dave Bergstein. How are you, sir?
1: I'm doing great. I haven't spoke to you in a while. What's happening out there since you moved to the, where, the great West Washington?
0: The Pacific Northwest, my friend. I love it up here. It's the mountains. Like, so I moved from Dallas, as I think we've talked about before. And um, which is ironic because you're in Dallas right now. <laughs> I'm I mean, you rolled the
1: office. As a matter of fact, they yeah. changed
0: it around. Yeah, that's it's cool kind of ironic that we're happen to be recording this today. Uh, but um biggest thing here since I moved here we've had to do all these renovations on the house to get it kind of finished out the way we want it, you know? And I'd say we're about halfway through it, but we still got still got some work to do. So hopefully that'll get wrapped up here in the next month. What have you been up to? Playing pickleball?
1: Playing pickleball every day early in the morning. Then uh I spend a lot of time reading what's happening in accounting. You know, I to- I actually been uh Tweeting out a few things from Accounting Today today, like the biggest mistakes people make uh, in adopting digital technology. Uh, of course, every day there's something new happening uh, in the tax arena right now, as well as the accounting, as well as the client accounting. But pickleball and bike riding uh, are my thing. Do you see any uh, Yetis out there? That's all I want to know.
0: No Yetis yet, but there is. Uh, there's a lot of the 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 novelty uh, signs and stores and stuff of those. Um, yeah, so that I didn't, I didn't quite expect that moving in here, up here, but uh, yeah, that that's that's a thing here. Okay, we have no snow
1: here, so bike riding and wind are good every day for me in Florida. Yeah, uh, so I'm I'm enjoying it, but I'm glad you're farther away from me because now uh, the calls are later in the day instead of <laughs> early in the morning. So
0: yeah, it's kind of different. Everybody who knows me knows I hate mornings, so yeah, yeah. I go for the afternoons.
1: That's why I moved there. What do we got in store for today? What are we yeah. looking at
0: today? Well, you were doing a fine job hinting around at it a, a minute ago. Um, I'd like to introduce our guest. We have with us Mr. Dan Hood, who is the editor in chief of Accounting Today. So, speaking of trends and reading and tweeting Accounting Today, welcome, Dan. We're so excited to have you on the show today. Cheers! Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So, uh, Dan, I don't, you know, I can't do your role justice. Can you talk us through? <laughs> what your role is at at accounting today is just for our listeners who may not know you. Sure. Uh, Basically my role is just desperately trying to keep up with uh, what's going on in the
2: profession. There's just so much, uh, so much change happening all the time, but we're, uh, we're a sort of a, a Trade publication for for public accounting, so we're aimed primarily at accountants and uh, public firms. And uh, we have a website. We've got a print publication. We do uh, we do our own po- podcast. We do webinars, that sort of thing. Basically, any kind of uh, any kind of venue we can find to share information about what's going on in the accounting profession. Uh, you know, news from the IRS, news from FASB, news from uh, the PCAOB, but also uh, ideas and trends on how they can improve their practices. So a lot of things about uh, you know uh, how to build new services, how to manage staff, if you can. Find them. Uh, a million other issues that are going. On. As I say, we're just desperately trying to keep up with all the all the new stuff that's going on.
0: Yeah, I, I can't even imagine the, the like. I think we David and I do a pretty good job of keeping up on you know trends in the profession, and you yeah. know it's 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 kind of important to our function, not just for the for the episode, but also my role into it. But I mean, there's just so much, and and if I could think of anybody who's probably the closest to those trends, it would be you. Um, we,
2: we've just been doing it for a long time. That's, and we do, I yeah. should say, we've we got a great team of, of reporters, a lot of people with decades or more of experience. So
1: awesome. yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting that every day uh, I'm, I'm getting some pieces of information that teach me something or keep me abreast of what's going on out there. Like I just uh, tweeted out, uh, you had on one of our guests, uh, Angie Grissom. Yep. Uh, you had on, she was talking about strategic planning and
2: uh, I guess the lack thereof, because it's in my head and I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Right. Right. Yeah. Everyone has a great plan, but it's all, it's all up here. You can't see me. I'm pointing to my head. That's <laughs> where it is. It's not on paper. It's not shareable. It's not uh, uh, something you can share out to your, your staff so that they know where you're going. That was a
0: great conversation. Angie, you guys know she's a great, uh, great guest. Oh yeah. 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 We had a great time with Angie. Um. So kind of as we, you know, talk about that, right. We're talking about trends. We're talking about what's going on, right. What are your, what's top of mind for you, Dan?
2: I I I was thinking about this uh, at some point and trying to put together. You know what's really changed, say over the last ten years, and it's sort of like everything. Everything is subject to change. So many things. Uh, you know, one one of the most obvious ones, and I it's so obvious that I almost forgot it was uh, the move to virtual has been over the last few years has been enormous. Just comparing, I'm I don't know, I'm sort of taking sort of arbitrary what's different from ten years ago, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, But other things, the professionalization of the back office functions of accounting firms, things like marketing and business development and IT and uh, HR, we're seeing that particularly at larger firms. They're just getting, treating it more like a a business, more like a corporation and less like a a thing where we'll have a partner do it as part-time, all those different functions. Um, The staffing issue has solidified into the permanent issue of the profession over the past decade. You know, a decade ago, you could find people. Now you just can't. And it's looking like it's going to be that way forever. Um, The move to advisory services has obviously sort of exploded uh you know there was always a sort of sense of hey we're, we're the most trusted advisor let's do more uh but it's really become a sort of a, a strategic imperative for a lot of firms we're, i'm sure we're going to talk about that a little bit later when we talk about our top 100 firms or this year's top 100 firms uh results um other changes obviously the the growing importance of, of those or centrality even of technology uh to both what accountants do and how they plan what they're going to do um and then a bunch of other things coming up that are new i think that uh thing that we have we haven't really wrapped our heads around is uh, the explosion that's going to happen in attest services uh, between ESG and cybersecurity and all the other areas that people need assurance and trust on. It's not just financial statements. It's not just the numbers coming out of you know the, the financial numbers coming out. It's everything else is going to require more and more assurance, and it's that sort of adding the trust to to all those data. And I think that's going to going to significantly change, or has a potential to significantly change public accounting as they start to realize. Well, I don't. I'm not reporting on like I said, a financial statements, but there's. 17 other things we could report on. So that's more looking forward. I think that's going to be a big trend, but it's already started to pick up as people get more interested in ESG and that sort of thing. I, you know, I could go on. I could we could list I a million know. other things because there is so much change. Yeah, I'm sure you're both you're both sitting there going, well, I'm sure he's going to mention this and this and this. And I'm probably okay. missing all your favorites because everyone's got one, you know, one or two things that are top of mind for them. But then there's a dozen others. So
0: it's um, like I said, we're just scrambling to keep up. No, you hit on all my favorites, man. I, and I, I was—I was sitting here thinking, wow! In about two minutes, you managed to to pretty much hit you know the good portion of <laughs> all the major trends. And I love how you put the staffing crisis into context too, because I think you know I—I I think everybody would agree with you. You're exactly right. Like this is this is not a problem that's going away, and and everybody's trying to figure out how do we how do we this over the long term. Um, and technology, you know, it, it's going to augment a lot. It's going to help with a lot, uh, but it's it's not going to solve all the problems. And then the, the advisory is just so nicely tied to that because firms are are really embracing this. They're figuring out how to, you know, they've cracked the nut a little bit. Uh, they're figuring out how to actually implement these services and and the pressure of, you know, the way the profession is going, if you're in touch with that, that's, that's one of the big driving motivating factors for people. Yep,
2: yep absolutely.
1: Let me let me interject because I, I got a counter to ask. You brought up my favorite topic, assurance, ESG. Do you think it will be accounting firms doing assurance work or non-accounting firms? As firms start to take in private equity money and split up, there seems to be a disconnect between the audit part of the firm or the assurance part of the firm and everything else. Will will a new profession
2: spring up of pure auditing. Right. Um, that is actually, that's uh, the ESG, entry of ESG is one thing I should have mentioned, but I didn't. I knew I'd forget something. This is why we have here, <laughs> Mr. Bergstein. You're uh, keeping us, keeping us honest. Um, yeah, I, you know, it, th- well, that's, that's going to be an interesting question. How deep will that trend of, you know, uh, as PE money comes in, how deep will it go into the profession? How many firms will have to make that split? And will, yeah, sort of, there's a sense of, yeah, you could have firms that are just audit. I think the only way that works is if the, the audit realm expands to include the 17 other things you can offer assurance on. So, yeah, I think there's certainly a possibility if accounting firms want to do it, if CPA firms want to say, hey, listen, we're just going to do assurance work because there's suddenly this huge demand for it in ESG and cybersecurity in all the other areas that aren't financial statements. I think that's a potential, uh, yeah, I think that's a potential uh, route that the profession could take. Um it, the question is whether they want to, and I think there's a, a lot of people in the profession who don't, for various reasons. They're, they've got a good thing going now. Why, why take on a whole other a new area? Some people don't care about ESG or don't you know, don't believe it's really an issue, or climate change is an issue, so they don't want to get involved there. There's a lot of different potential uh, roads it could take, but I think if the profession wants to genuinely expand itself uh, and cement its position sort of permanently, that's the way to do it: is to 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 embrace that in a big way, and it may mean, as you say. Um, coming up with these audit only firms, right? And, and that would solve a lot of problems because you have this issue now and we see it returning. It's going with EY this year, right? Where EY is going to split up or planning to split up. Um, you know, it's the same thing that happened to Anderson 20 years ago, right? We're just repeating, uh, pat- patterns from the past. Anderson consulting was like, we wait way too much money to be saddled with you. You audit guys. Um, and so they split up and that was 20, was more than 20 years at this point now, more than 25, but, um, that EY is going the same route now, and and I think you know that would that might solve some tensions within CPA firms to say, listen, we're just going to do assurance work, but there's all this huge amount of assurance work to do because of all these other areas you can offer a, a you know trust on.
1: PCAOB may mandate that something be special going forward.
2: Well, it's interesting. It's, you know, some of it's going to depend on how um, how the standards for ESG standards get set up and, and how those get managed and. and um, and overseeing what kind of government oversight there is of it, whether it's uh, national or international. Uh, so there's a lot, I mean, it's very early days for a lot of that stuff. But it's just, I see over the 10 years, right, if you look back 10 years, the changes we've seen now would seem amazing to us. And I think in 10 years, we're going to look back and see even bigger changes. I think that's going to be one area we're going to see a lot on a lot of those changes take
0: place. Interesting. Yeah, and we haven't had a lot of conversations on the show about that, that space, David. I'm glad you dug into that with Dan a little bit. So Dan, you you talked to you touched on uh, the County Today's top one hundred firms list. There you go. Yeah, tell us tell us about that. What's uh, you know? I mean, how do you guys even go about choosing those firms? What, what's the criteria <laughs> to get on that list?
2: Uh, well, yeah, uh, we are neck literally neck deep in it now. Where we're, we've got all the results in, we're sort of going through them now. But I can tell you, mainly, it's just involves looking at numbers for seventeen thousand. 17 days in a row. Uh, but basically, the short version is we reach out to uh, anywhere between 350 and 400 uh, accounting firms across the country and sort of say, hey, tell us what your revenues were. And then we ask them a bunch of other questions and then they they tell us. I don't know why they tell us, but they do. <laughs> they share all this information, which is, I mean, we're, we're super grateful to all the firms that participate. Um, and it's a great example of one of the things that makes the profession so great is the willingness to share stuff that they don't actually really have to share. Um, right. But it gives people a great benchmarking, a set of benchmarking information for what firms should look like. Anyway, sorry, I'm getting away from the uh, your question, which was, how do we pick them? How do we select them? So I said, we sent out this survey to 350 to 400 different firms across the country. Uh, and then they sent us a bunch back a bunch of data and we rank the lists because there's two lists or well, actually two types, two parts to our report, the top 100 firms, uh, which is 100 largest firms across the country. And we literally just Look at all the firms that submit their information and go into an Excel sheet and rank them by by net revenue. Um, and one to 100 are, are on the list. Um, then we also have a regional leaders list, which is sort of we break the country down into 10 different areas and we strip out the national firms and, and go from there. Um, but that's it. It's just literally rank them by, uh, by net revenue. I have a question on that. Sure. Is, is
1: it all CPA firms or is it CPA and non-CPA and is it non-accounting
2: firms? You know, could pilot get into something like that? This is this is a fantastic question, and we have actually gone back and forth a little bit on this. Literally, we've been doing it for since nineteen ninety three or four, um, and we have uh, sometimes it expands the definition a little bit, and sometimes it contracts a little bit. Uh, you know, there was a point in the late nineties where we included H uh, and uh, Block and and uh, uh, Jackson Hewitt on There uh, and some of the other big tax prep chains on the theory that they were main competitors with accounting firms, particularly in tax. We we then narrowed it down to really just strictly CPA firms. The last couple of years, we have expanded it a little bit uh, to include some firms that are not strictly speaking CPA firms, but that are offering CPA firm services. So, something like your part time uh, controller is a good example. Uh, they are not strictly speaking holding out as a CPA firm. Uh, I think they have, a lot of, they have a lot of CPAs on staff and so on, but they're not strictly speaking an accounting firm. But they're so in that space and so focused on on services that are the same kinds of services and the same kinds of clients and the same kinds of, uh, areas that, that CPA firms are that we thought, well, this is pretty close to an apples to apples comparison. We do have, uh, a, a list within the report ends up being a 40 page report that we put out in March, uh, of top tax firms. And what that is, is two things, right? It's all the firms from the top 100 list. We take out just their tax revenue and rank them by that. But then we also include some other firms that are strictly taxed that are not CPA firms. So Orion, for instance, uh, or a and or, uh, couple others, Anderson, uh, the, the tax group that came out of uh, the old Anderson, um, uh, big five firm. Uh, they're not, they're not, we don't really consider them CPA firms. They're not competing for a lot of accounting work per se. Uh, their, their revenues are all hundred percent tax. So anyways, that's a separate list where we'll, we'll fold those into that list as opposed to bringing them into the top hundred. So that's a way long explanation. of it. But again, no, I'm but now, helpful. I'm, yeah, I'm neck deep in it right now. So all these things are, are very present to me. Um, uh, but yeah, it, it's, 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 Basically, all CPA and accounting firms with one or two extra firms that are so close that, you know, if they're not technically a CPA firm, that's still uh, they may as well. be.
0: Yeah. And well, and the fact that you're neck deep in it right now, is so timely and perfect. And uh, it, since you're so close to it, you know, what are you seeing as the biggest strategies that these firms are striving towards, uh, you know, in the coming year?
2: Right. So I, they, this is an interesting one because I'm going to give an annoying answer and then I'll dive. Dip, 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 <laughs> less annoying. But the annoying answer is everything. Uh, they're doing everything. And this is actually a trend we've seen across a couple of different uh, areas where we look at accounting firms. Uh, top 100 firms is our biggest one. But we also do a best firms to work for list. And one, things, one of the things we've noticed over the past 10 to 15 years uh, for both those lists is that firms are starting to realize there is no single silver bullet for anything. There is no single silver bullet for recruiting and retention. There's no single silver bullet for growth. Um and what there are is it says this huge toolkit of things you can do to grow your firm and that your best bet is to to pick a bunch of them and to combine them in a way that makes sense and to go about them intentionally uh you know to build a strategy that includes five or six out of the dozen different uh big uh growth strategic strategic growth uh, drivers that, that uh, the top 100 identify. So the short version, we ask them, hey, what's your what's your strategic plans for the coming year? And they list it. So over the past 10 years, the, that part of the survey, their answers to that survey have grown enormously, right? And, and for many cases, they're just bullet point lists of 10 different things that the firms are doing. Um, and they're often more often uh, tying them to metrics, saying, listen, it's not just that we want to grow. In some sense, we want to acquire a bunch of firms to grow. It's that we want to require, acquire X amount of revenue or X amount of staff, or they're getting very intense intentional about their goals. So that's the annoying answer is they're doing a lot. They're picking a lot of strategies and combining them as opposed to relying on just one or two. Um, and then they're also combining them intelligently and, and intentionally and adding some rigor to them and some uh, statistical uh, uh, backbone to it so they can hold themselves accountable against it. So that's, like I said, that's the sort of broad trend that we're seeing. Specifically, the, the biggest couple of trends we're seeing in terms of, you know, what they're using to drive growth is uh, the move to advisory services, right? They're doubling down on that. They really want to add add and expand the the sort of value-added uh, consulting work that they're doing for their clients. Uh, whether that's, and like I said, whether it's it's growing what they're already doing or adding new ones, they're doing a ton of that. Uh, CAS gets mentioned a lot, but it's also transaction advisory services, um, wealth management, family office sort of stuff, all those sort of things that get them in where you're, you're working with the nuts and bolts of your clients, not not just on a compliance thing, but to use the compliance information you get to then turn around and give them advice that helps them grow and become better. And in some cases, it's not even based on compliance. Not often it is, but some cases just literally we're, you know, they're saying we're going to get so deep into our clients' businesses and so deep into their heads that we know everything they need to know. And then we're going to bring all our expertise to, uh, to help them fulfill their dreams. So that's a big one. Advisory services, uh, moving to, to, you know, higher value added work, um, that in in turn is tied to uh, or overlaps a lot with uh doubling down on on specialty niches and specialty services so whether and it, it, it there's two kinds right there's diving deep into sp- very specific clients whether it's you know colleges and universities or uh uh, auto dealerships or whatever, you know, whatever your specific narrow little niche is, diving very deeply into that, becoming the expert in that, partnering with people who do that, developing your team's expertise in that, or picking a service that you're particularly good at, whether it's, um, you know, 1031 exchanges, you're the genius in that. And that's all you're going to do. And you'll do it for everybody. And in many cases, those firms are partnering with other accounting firms. saying, "Listen, We don't want any of the other work you do with your clients. Uh, but anytime you want to do a 1031 exchange or you have a forensic accounting issue or you have a, um, an international tax issue or whatever the case may be call on us and we'll bring that service and you know we're not going to compete with you for your client uh, but we'll bring it in so there's there's two, that two kinds of developing very serious expertise and very serious uh niche focuses whether it's on the service or on the the client base uh either way they're doing in some cases they're doing both um and like I said that overlaps a little with advisory work because a lot of those specialty services uh are revolve around advisory and a lot of the the niches you know the clients you're to is you're you're looking to advise them to be better in their niche. Um third, and, and, and probably not what third or fourth, I've lost track of how many uh, <laughs> uh, I should point out, I'm not an accountant, or I don't know. I, I would know exactly how many points I had made and counted them off. Um, uh, the next one in order <laughs> is staffing. Uh, they've made uh looking after their staff and improving their staff and helping their staff with their career development uh, a major pillar of their growth strategies uh on the recognition that listen we can't you know we can bring in as much work as we want but if we don't have people to do it uh, and the right people to do it, uh, then there's no point. What's, you know, why even bring it in if you can't do it? So there's a lot of the things that you would normally have think of it as a recruiting and retention priority. Things we would, as I said, sort of report on in our best firms to work for list, are now becoming a big part of their growth strategies because they know they need to bring uh, uh, they need to bring the staff to do the work uh, or to do the work that they can't do with technology. Uh, we mentioned technology earlier. I always think this is a thing. I, I don't think I don't any of us have really realized the degree to which the growth of of technology over the last 30 years in accounting and uh, the growth of automation, particularly recently, I think has papered over a lot of the depth of the problem of of the war for talent because we got things got so much faster and so much more efficient that we didn't quite realize, hey, wait a minute, no one's coming into accounting or nowhere near enough people are coming in. That's a side. That's a whole other side conversation. Right. Um, uh, but but so technology bringing technology to enable them uh their staff is a big uh, a big approach to say to make it to make the work more interesting and easier and more efficient for staff so that they can move staff up to doing more engaging work more interesting work you know higher level type uh uh work they're also it's the 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 staff thing is inflecting their m a strategies a lot of firms are saying yeah listen, we're just we're just we're, we don't acquire firms for their books of business or their expertise we acquire it for their staff because we really need uh to bring on lots of people that said m a is probably the next biggest uh everyone uh there are a lot of firms that are very specifically we're all about A. we're bringing on a lot of, you you can think of all their names as we sit here you know the ones the firms that are famous for for acquiring a firm a month kind of thing but almost all the other firms i should not say almost all the other firms a lot of the other firms will say we're totally open to the right the right candidate they may not be prowling they may not be you know have specific geographies they're looking to fill in but they're they're all open to the idea of you know if the right firm comes along and it's a good cultural fit we'll absolutely merge with them um uh, and so, so it's two very different approaches, right? Sort of being open and ready for it. Um, a couple of other, I don't want to say they're they're lesser trends in the sense of not as many firms are are doing them, but there's still we're still seeing a fair number of people uh, do these uh, or enact these sort of growth strategies. Um, a big focus on technology as a, a differentiator, uh, whether that's. Um, uh, allowing you to offer new services or changing how you do your client experience or changing how uh, your, your employee experience. Uh, there's a big focus on that uh, big focus on internal innovation, whether that's uh, it's not just technology driven though. It's often uh, new service lines, creating new service lines. They may be enabled by technology, but in some cases they may not. They just be, Hey, no one's ever thought to go out to companies and say, we can help you with this. Um, so there, there's some of that. Um, Seeing a lot, of, I mentioned the professionalization sort of of the back office uh, realm. One of the areas we're seeing a lot of that over the last couple of years is a new focus on digital marketing and a new focus on uh, business development, bringing in business development personnel um, and giving them, giving them um, uh, uh, you know, rather than trying to rely on partners to bring in business, they're, they're bringing in these professional business developers uh, and empowering them with the right technology and the right data and the right... Marching orders in the sense of this is, these are the clients we want. These are the kind of clients we want to work with. These are the kind of clients we don't want to work with, um, et cetera, et cetera. And they're also getting that to the client uh, thing. They're getting more serious about client experience. Some of that's around technology delivering services uh, better, faster in a way that's, that's, you know, uh, fits what the clients want, uh, dashboards and all that sort of, uh, uh, Better reports, more interactive reports, that sort of thing, but also just generally making onboarding easier and more efficient, focusing on client experience uh, and on client to client needs, and um, trying to think. I think that those are the main. Growth strategies that we're seeing, but uh, there's not even
0: other- I can't even think of one that you missed. Like I was <laughs> I'm sitting here like these are all the things that we talk about on yeah. the show, right? Like it, this is so confirming to hear that this is where the, the big firms, you know, these top firms are are focusing. And I, I think they're doing it in an even more intelligent way than than I even realized with the way that they're um, pulling the strategies together and making sure that it's a cohesive, multi. Uh, multi-point strategy and then putting the right measurements behind it—you get what you measure, right? Uh, and so, God, all that was just so—it's so on point, and it makes perfect sense how these firms are operating in the same way that we're seeing these major trends affecting our profession. And you know, we got our data at Intuit. You know, further confirms a lot of the points that you made around, like you know, the the most successful firms that we see in implementing advisory are they—they develop niche uh, focuses—is it niche or niche? I don't know. Um, But yeah, right on, spot on observations.
1: What I I heard you say throughout your entire speech, which was excellent, was (laughs) it's all about the relationship now. It's all about relationship selling. And you didn't mention delivering a tax return or delivering a financial statement. It really, truly is all about advising the client to help them achieve whatever their goals are. And that's what those services are that people are selling. Yep. Anything that's going to help, you mentioned efficiency, uh, you mentioned wealth management, because they go to the accountant or the CPA, because he's a trusted advisor across the board. So you're pointing the trends right on, and technology is in the background always getting better to make it easier to deliver the end product. So right. The right. one thing you didn't hit on is, are, are salaries going up for existing employees as well as new ones to attract people?
2: Uh yes, though interestingly, there was a lot of talk about that last year in last year's report. Uh, because we were still the the um the great resignation was still on everybody's lips kind of thing. There was a huge amount of talk about that last year, much less so this year. Though there's definitely no question that they are keeping up with bonuses and keeping up with um keeping up with uh salary tens. Last year, uh, when, I, when I say, and this is all very uh, one of those weird things I always have to bear in mind. When I say last year, I mean the report we did in March of uh 2022, which was covering mostly 2021 and then them projecting forward for 2022, um, uh, that was the year they were talking about salaries. And there were, there were firms, plenty of firms that said, you know, we reviewed salaries and, and increased salaries, uh, sometimes as many as three times over the course of the year, because they were uh, desperate for staff. We didn't see anything like that this year, though there's definitely no question that they remain engaged with keeping staff on board, keeping them happy with money uh, money and a bunch of other things, work-life balance and right. empowerment and new technologies and all that sort of stuff, definitely an awareness of money, but nothing like we saw last year. That was really the year when they were like, yep, money. We just threw money at them. Wheelbarrows full of money.
0: Um, yeah. I mean, and they had to, right. Yeah. Uh, it, cause it was like, just stop the bleeding on, on the crisis. And yeah. now I think, you know, firm, firms are, are, are getting tighter on the, the strategic elements and that will ultimately help. Um, but that's not to minimize the challenges. Um, Dan, we're almost out of time. I want to give you an opportunity. What for all of our listeners, right? We have global, you know we're we're in all kinds of different countries with people all over the world, uh, all different levels and even in different professions, not even not even everybody that listens is is necessarily in the tax accounting profession, but the majority are. What would be if one piece of advice that you'd give to all of our listeners?
2: Um well, I, I you know I'd... Well, it down. Yeah, no, I well, there, there's my. There, actually, there was one that sprang right to my, which is, I would say, go get a raise uh, because <laughs> uh, you know the the staffing issue is so terrible that it is a fantastic time to be an accountant because you can almost write your own ticket. Um, you know, the demand is so enormous. Um, that's I all the firm leaders everywhere are, are like going to come burn down. You yeah, all the pitch, partners. Pitchforks and torches to my house. So like, to, That's it. I'm not listening to this podcast yeah. anymore. Um, <laughs> but, but but on an individual level, that would be the uh, that would be the advice I would give us to go get a, a raise. But the other thing for everybody, I would say is to be prepared for change. Um, There is just going to be. There is not going to be less change. We are never going to have less change going forward. We are always going to have more change, and you need to be able to adjust. I mean, we talked about the differences just between over the last decade. They are going to be much bigger over the next decade to come, Um, and and everybody in the profession at all levels needs to be prepared uh, to change on a regular basis. Um, That we we can't rely on Sally anymore. Uh, We just got to assume that next year will be different.
0: Uh, That is. Perfect advice, Dan. I, I, I couldn't say it better myself. Hey, David, you have one more point? Yeah, the one thing
1: I, I would have said, the one thing you should do is go to accountingtoday.com and check it out <laughs> and uh, see what's out there. Uh, I know I know I can read Accounting Today
2: on a subway now because you changed the format. <laughs> yep. It fits in your mailbox now. <laughs> well, see, this is why we have, again, this is why we have him here to... to, to to put
0: back cleanup and make sure we're not missing anything. That's that's why I keep him around. He keeps threatening <laughs> to retire. And I'm like, don't you dare. Dan, it was awesome to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for coming on, taking the time. because uh, you're in the I mean, you're a crazy busy guy, uh, but just and sharing the stuff that you're seeing and learning from, from the work that you're involved in at Accounting Today. Really, really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. Good. Well, uh, that's all for today, folks. Thanks for listening, and we'll Catch you again next time. Thanks. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you want to learn more about any of the topics discussed on the show, visit intuitaccountants.com forward slash podcast. Account Trends is produced and edited by Luke Johnston. Copyright Intuit 2023.